This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Raise Your Game. It's also International Women's Day. At 11, Harsha Ravindran began her entrepreneurial journey through the guidance and exposure to the working world from the social business incubator, ET Ideas. With many awards and achievements in between that at 18, she started startmyname.com. And more recently, she launched a book, The Makings of a Teenage Entrepreneur. I've seen you growing up, literally, right? I have to start with when you were 11. How did you get involved with ET Ideas uh, in the first place? Okay, so um, I myself did not know much about entrepreneurship, but my mother, she was a single mother who wanted to step out of a corporate job and start her own social enterprise, went from one event to another, to an incubator, to anywhere she could to find out how she could do that in a way that was meaningful and created impact to others. And she stumbled upon ET Ideas that had weekly talk shows by their entrepreneurs, by their founder. And um, she just brought me along for the weekly talk shows, I think, because there was no one to babysit me at home. <laughs> and I think that was there uh, when I was 11 years old that I actually listened to these experiences from entrepreneurs in ETI Ideas, some of them who had million-dollar companies, others who were just starting out, and many of them who were creating meaningful impact in the lives around them. So, yeah, that's how I got started. Right. And you are also the co-founder of Ascendance, right? What does Ascendance do? So Ascendance, basically, we are a nationwide youth movement that helps everyday students from middle to last classes or any individual out there to discover what they love doing, learn about themselves and the world around them, and see how they can achieve holistic success in their happiness, health, education, and passion. So we've worked with about 4,000 students in 270 different communities. We were fortunate to be able to collaborate with the Ministry of Education on a few projects. And we also received the Diana Award uh, by the Diana Foundation in Wales for social action and humanitarian work, you know, efforts of empowering Gen Z. Fortunately, wow. we've also managed to develop countless amount of uh, projects, um, startups run by teenagers aged 8 to 20 years old as well. So that's the thing. Wow. And we started this because um, all of us were entrepreneurs in our own way. Mm -hmm. When we were in ET Ideas, um, we learned things like goal setting, how to um, align our thoughts with actions. And as we saw those results in our day-to-day -day life, we wanted to share this with others as well. Right. And, and okay, you've started now another company, what, which is startmyname.com. Uh, what is startmyname.com and why did you start this? Startmyname.com, basically, we are a social startup that does fast, simple websites for individuals and businesses starting at only 108 ringgit a year. Mm. We've been fortunate to have over 400 clients in four continents over the last one and a half years mm. to provide this service to many business owners and people like you and me as well. And I think um, we started Startmyname.com, I personally started Startmyname.com for a very personal reason. Um, when I finished my secondary school education at age 17, I had the same, um, I was very fortunate, I got 80 stars, I was top of my class, but I had the same question that I think most teenagers had, which is, what do I do now? Mm. And I went to my mentor and he asked me back, what do you want to do? And having run Ascendance for the last few years and seen the impact it created, I said that I want to see Ascendance's work globally. I want to bring this platform that we have that empowers students to every single student around the world. Mm. And he said, if you want to do that, you've got to learn from the best people around the world. 
the best lecturers, the top business owners, mm. anyone who, all the people who would be able to teach you how to best replicate this in their part of the world. Right. So I wrote into a few universities uh, with, without having done my A-levels or my foundation. Mm-hmm. And I was actually very surprised when uh, the University of Pennsylvania, the top business school in the world, and Ivy League College actually replied and said, that sounds amazing. We'd love to see how, uh, we'd love to see you grow with this. And um, we have a program that's perfect for you. It's a distance learning program. You can do your bachelor's degree and you can learn about culture and individuals right. while not only studying half of it on campus, but half of it anywhere around the world. So you can still run ascendance. And I was like, okay. And when I went there, I was amazed because I met these lecturers who were teaching me things at a world-class standard. And a lot of my classmates were actually working adults since it was a working adults program. They were business owners, entrepreneurs, athletes, uh, musicians from all across the world, South Korea, the UK, the US, of course, and so on. And from there, I think it it went to me to decide how was I going to pay for this Ivy League education in a sense. I mean, the cost of textbooks itself might kill you at some time. So Mm. um, I went back to my mentor and I said, maybe I should get a scholarship or maybe I should do something to to actually get a scholarship so I could go to this uh, university. And he said... Scholarships are for those people who lack the resources but are academically brilliant and they need these opportunities to excel. Hmm. And he said, if you who had the resources and skills over the last few years um, took all the scholarships, then what would happen to those who really were in need of them? Hmm. And he said, look back at your skills and what can you do that will actually bring you the funds to achieve this goal that you had set. Hmm. And um, of course, at that time, I was like, what do you mean? Where do I start? (laughs) But he did give really good advice. And I looked back at the things that I was doing. And one of the things I was doing was helping the young entrepreneurs in Ascendance start up their own simple, fast website as affordable as possible. Mm. And I was like, hey, why not formalize it? And that's where Start My Name was born. Right. So that, fun- fun. so that funds your university. And why do you think it's still important to get a formal education? A formal education uh, with experience. Uh, I think education and experience come together to create something that is much more profound than either by itself. I feel like sometimes there is this education versus experience stigma, but I think both are equally important because um, the formal education, in my experience, and, I've, and I'm technically considered a non-traditional student, mm. but it's given me kind of like the knowledge and the theory that I need to do things differently, to reflect, to see things from a different point of view. Of course, I think that what makes the formal education itself meaningful to me is the fact that I do have a way or avenue to apply it through the work that I do in a sentence in StartTheName.com. Right. Is, is everyone meant to be an entrepreneur, though? Um, I don't think everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur, but I think entrepreneurial skills will help everyone. Right. And I think that that's the basis that Ascendance operates under. So even in Ascendance, we have many aspiring entrepreneurs, but we also have many who have benefited from these entrepreneurial skills. So some of them are musicians. Some of them are artists, but these entrepreneurial skills enrich their career, give them that creative thinking, that critical thinking to actually bring their their careers to the next level. Many of them are employees. They have certain companies they aspire to work in. And by having their entrepreneurial skills, they get to think differently, to be leaders, to really help the organizations that they're in in a sense. Hmm. Okay, we're going to be talking about your book, The Makings of a Teenage Entrepreneur. And uh, so, you know, what, what made you decide to write this book? Actually, I wrote this book, I started writing this book on my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, a little bit prior to that, uh, my business, startmyname.com, saw this sudden increase in clients, which was amazing. And I'm very grateful for all of it. Mm. 
Mm. But um, managing a business, I think, is different when you have uh, 50 people and when you have 200 people. Mm. So I went through that learning curve of managing all of this. Mm. And so it happened just because it happened um, a, a few weeks before my birthday. On my birthday date, I was swamped in a sense. Mm. So I was having Zoom calls day and night. I was having endless kind of meetings. I even tried to take the week off for my birthday. But I ended up having Zoom meetings in the car, in the hotel, everywhere I did. <laughs> And I couldn't even uh, put my laptop or my phone down. Right. And uh, I think I was just extra sensitive because I turned 18. And mm. um, for a moment, what happened is there was one particular client who called up. And we had just finished their project about three days ago. And they were very satisfied. This is amazing. We love it. Thank you for doing exactly what we asked. And three days later on my birthday, they called me back and they said, this is terrible. I don't like it. Why did she do this? And blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I was at that point of time, I think I just broke down. Mm. Um, and I... And my teenage part of my brain took over my <laughs> entrepreneurial part of my brain. And I just started crying and crying and crying. And I called my mentor and I told him, this is terrible. Why didn't you tell me the life of an entrepreneur would be like this? I've got assignments. I've got this. I've got that. There's so many things going on. I can't focus. I can't do this. And I just, I, I completely lost it a little bit. Right. And his response was quite interesting. It was, well, welcome to the life of an entrepreneur. This is just how it is. You will right. learn to manage it over time. Mm. But... Just think about all the other teenage entrepreneurs out there. They mm. too struggle through this phase of being a teenager and being an entrepreneur, but they mm. may not have the experience you've had over the last seven years to manage it, the people that are around you to support them to manage it. Mm. So don't let this experience bring you down. Mm. Of course, let it out, write a song, write a blog, do something to get rid of these emotions that are pent up, mm. but use it as a lesson that you can use to teach other entrepreneurs so that any other teenager who goes through the same thing that you do has a guide to get them out of it. Right. And I thought that was brilliant. So I actually started writing a blog, mm. but then I ended up writing and writing and writing and I wrote for the whole week straight. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I knew, I had a book called <laughs> The Makings of a Teenage Entrepreneur. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go through some elements of the book, right? Um, and one of which is, you know, getting yourself to move. How, do, how did you get yourself to move? How do you get people to move? <laughs> that's actually one of my chapters that I wrote I think second chapter because um, I feel like there's a, there's a difference that I learned through experience between starting the business that means um, having a launch mm. telling people you are now a business owner mm. and actually growing the business and getting clients and getting to your team to move and actually getting the work done mm. and having a moving business that actually is in operation and I learned that personally um, by going through this experience where I started the business Mm -hmm. I saw clients come in and then for a while it was like, I didn't know where do I go to get these clients to know what to do. Right. And again, like always, I went back to my mentor and I was like, oh no, what do I do? And things like that. And he told me, look back at your experiences and why is it that you wanted something so badly that you yourself went and got it done right. and used the things that you've learned so far. So like one of the, so like some of the things we share and some of the things that I apply in my life to things like end goals seeing the end result that you want in mind, setting your target, mm. making sure that your thoughts with actions are aligned in achieving that goal that you want. Mm. So I went back to my goal, all right, this is the amount of clients I want for this quarter or this month or something mm. like that. Mm. And I just focused on it. And in my words, I went out there and I went to the people around me first. So my friends, family, I told them, 
this is the business, we do websites, can I do a website for you? I went out there, perfected my skills, shared with anyone who um, even just texted me randomly on WhatsApp. I'm like, hi, I'm a business owner. I do this. Do you want a website? Mm. And in actions, I said, well, if no clients were coming to me, I would go to the clients. So I looked back at people who I felt needed a website. So there were a lot of um, caterers, Mm. trainers Mm. who were not really online, but I saw that they might need a website. They'd benefit from having an online presence. So I went out there, Google caterers in Shalom trainers in this area right and i just started messaging them one by one so i think in a day i sent out a hundred whatsapp so a hundred emails and slowly as the responses came in mm-hmm. and as i was focused on these thoughts with actions making them align i think that i started getting a few clients and then they started recommending and then eventually the word of mouth just grew and the right. next thing i know the business is moving by itself we'll talk about that in just a moment i'm here with hasha ravindran you're listening to race again bfm 89.9 Best for money. BFM 89.9. Good morning. This is Rita Liu. It's International Women's Day and it's also Raise Your Game. I'm here with Hasha Ravindran, uh, who started her entrepreneurial journey at 11. Uh, she's all about 18 now. Oh my goodness. Uh, she recently wrote the book, uh, The Makings of a Teenage Entrepreneur. Okay, so this is you writing the book, uh, having a business and then going to university, right? Okay, what about building a team? How do you build a team? Um, this is again something that um, I wrote in my book because it was just a huge lesson for me. The first few people when I, when, uh, when I started this business, everyone was like, you need to make sure you have a team so that when the business grows, they can take over. And again, when I started, I knew how to build simple websites. That's why I started the business. And um, I was the one dealing with the clients, doing the marketing. So I didn't really see much of a need for a team in the beginning. Of course, as the business grew, I started working with one or two people. But they always end up disappearing after a week or two. And I was like, oh, that's so strange. And it took me a while to realize that the reason why I was not building a team was because I myself kind of like sabotaged myself without knowing because I had this gold standard that they have to do, they have to be better than me, they have to be more efficient than me, they have to be able to do websites faster, talk to clients better. And I wasn't actually having their best interest in mind. I just wanted results, 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 which is great and it's a good mindset as a business owner. But to build a team, I realized at that point in time, my focus needs to be on their best interest, mm. on how can I really get this person to grow. Mm. And when I started seeing that, that's when I started actually having a team form around me. Mm. When I actually had people who come in to work with projects on me, and I would see, all right, how is it that I, as the person managing this project, can play to their strengths and see what's going on in their lives that will help enrich what they do. Mm. So like some of the people we work with are, one of the youngsters we work with in startmyname.com. Her name is Vinisha. She's an artist. She's a graphic designer, illustrated three published books. And when she came to start working with startmyname.com on a few projects and things like that, um, for me, it was not just looking at how can she best work on our design or on projects. It was looking at how can I best help her as an individual. Hmm. So I started looking at is everything okay with your family, your communication, your college assignments. And as I started looking at those areas and helping her solve issues in those areas, the next thing I knew, her work became more efficient. She became an entrepreneur, not just uh, with Start My Name working on our design projects, but I also allowed her to go and be an entrepreneur in a sense, to start her own graphic design uh, Mm -hmm. career. So the work just 
outside of start mining enriches what she does within start mining. Right. And the experiences she gets from working with me helps her career as a graphic designer. Mm. So I don't limit my team um, by just working with me. Mm. But by opening it up to this, number one, I have a team that is strong. Mm-hmm. And by genuinely caring for them, I end up having a team that has a sense of loyalty and has a sense of growth. So mm. it becomes the shared responsibility of everyone because we just genuinely care for one another. Right. Okay, what about clients, right? How do you engage clients? The nice and difficult ones. Share some stories. <laughs> um, nice and difficult ones. Um, again, this is something that I wrote extensively in my book simply because I feel like there's a lot of nice clients we have that we can learn lessons from. But there's also a few difficult ones that, or at least I think all difficult ones, um, there's something that we can learn from it. And I feel like one of the defining um, clients that I had is this client that actually said something like, um, I don't believe in teenagers being able to do um, websites, being able to run businesses and all of that. And this is one client that I worked with. She just gave us a very tough time working on a project. And for the longest time, I couldn't understand why, but she kept going back and forth. She double check everything. Um, she didn't really like what we were doing. And even though she gave the instructions, so I didn't really understand what was the issue? But eventually, we were just ourselves and professional. We got the job done. And after actually working with her, um, she calls me one day and she says, I'm sorry I was so hard on all of you. It's just that the actual truth behind it was, when I started, uh, when I wanted to find do a website, I Googled you guys and someone passed me your website link. And I saw that website link and I was okay. I loved your concept and everything. But when I scrolled down to the founder's picture, I saw you were only 17 years old. And the thought that crossed my mind was, how would it be possible that a 17-year-old could run this? I don't believe in this business. Right. And I was going to close the tab when a friend of mine actually came in and said, well, isn't the business that she was trying to start up a business to empower youngsters? But how are you going to engage youngsters and empower youngsters if you didn't believe in them and you didn't believe in the ideas? Hmm. So she kind of like just took uh, our services to prove her friend wrong. Right. And when I heard this story, I think there was such a huge lesson for me in it because she was not, and she was not a terrible person. She's a lovely person. I think she's amazing. But I think what she taught me is everyone is operating from their past experiences, mm. from their perceptions in a sense. Mm. And if you go out there and you try to counter their past experiences and you try to like battle them in that area, you will lose simply because everyone is entitled to their opinion. But what you can do or what I could do was just do my work the best that I can and understand that in one way or another, the customer is always right. So when she gives us amendments and the issues and things like that, to see the good in that and Mm. to actually do the best service regardless of how the client is responding to us in a way. And when I got that lesson, I apply it now with all the clients that I work with. So I don't look at what they say. I look at what I can provide, what service I can do. Right, because people operate from their own maps uh, of the world, you know, because we all come up differently, right? Um, how do you grow your resources? Grow my resources? Um, personally, I've always been someone who was told since young that you have all the resources that you need to go to the next level. Hmm. And um, start my name, I think even Ascendant showed that um, in the most unconventional, strangest ways. And the same thing with Science.com. So um, to just uh, to share an example like with Ascendance, uh, one of the things that really helped us grow was when we started collaborating with others. 
So not just taking in our own ideas, mm-hmm. but listening to the ideas of the young. So like, for example, for um, in 2019, one of our students actually came up to us and said something like, wouldn't it be great if we had a conference run by students, for students, so that everyone there was a kid or teenager? And we were like, okay, that sounds nice, but how probable is that idea? And then after that, this particular youngster said, no, we can do it. There's definitely something that we can do to get this done. And the students that we developed took the reins in that year, mm. and they actually organized this conference that was truly run by students aged 9 to 20 years old. And mm. they went out there and got corporate partners. They went out there and started working with the ministry to get students involved with the conference. Mm. They even went out there to work with VIPs and media and so on. And they actually did a conference for 500 students in December 2019. And in 2020, when the pandemic hit, and we thought, all right, this is the time to downsize and reduce things and reduce the resources that we were using to grow. Mm. That's the time that they said, no, this is the time which we need to double our impact. Right. And it was from the ideas of the young, from what they were learning in their virtual classes, from the games that they were playing and so on, mm. that they actually came up with this idea to have a conference that was online, a virtual conference, that was so engaging, so interactive, that they actually got 1,200 students from seven different countries to join in. And they're the ones who went out there, got corporate support during this pandemic, got uh, students through the ministry, and even got the whole conference uh, accredited at an international co-curricular level. Hmm. So for us, I think growing the resources comes from two things. Number one, working with the young, hmm. listening to their ideas, and collaborating with different parts of the community right. to actually draw everyone's strength. In a sentence, a lot of the things that we do require a huge amount of experiences that the four founders who are teenagers might not be able to try. Right. But by collaborating with corporate partners, getting the experience of entrepreneurs from all across the world, we actually build that resource. We collaborate with um, the ministry and schools that we work to find students and mm. also collaborate with others in industries like the media, um, individuals with huge amounts of talent to grow the company itself. Mm. And led by the young, these resources come together to do phenomenal things. Right. I, I personally enjoy working with the young because, uh, you know, you all see things, you know, uh, that I don't. We're, we've got, we're, uh, what do you call it, clouded by past experience. So it's very nice to see things with fresh uh, eyes, right? Now, Harsha, do you think you'll end up working for someone else or will you continue on this entrepreneurial path? I think I'll continue on this entrepreneurial path. I, but of course, nobody knows what the future holds. Right. I don't see myself working for anyone else at the moment, but I'm very open to collaborating and working with other people to right. achieve the finances goal. Okay. Now, you of all your achievements and accolades, is there one you're most proud of and why? Um, okay, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I've been very fortunate. I'm a very fortunate person. A lot of people have actually... Um, come together to support me and that's the only reason why I've been able to grow anything from start my name or ascendance to where it is today. And I think that my number one achievement um, actually stems from this particular incident in where I was in an interview and someone asked me, all right, um, what's the goal in a sense? Are you going to be a millionaire, trillionaire and so on? And I thought, yeah, of course, that's what I was doing this for, right? Millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. No, that's actually not what I want. Mm. What I wanted was for the resources that grew me to be available for every single person out there. Mm. And it made me think that many times people say that most of the world problems that exist are because of 99% of the resources are held by 1% of the population. Mm. 
Hmm. And I thought that that shouldn't be the way, right? right. 100% of the resources should be for 100% of the people. And I thought that I might not have the ability to change the people out there, but I could change within myself. Hmm. And that's when we actually were launching the book. That's when we had Start My Name. Hmm. So actually, huge amounts of proceeds from this book, from Start My Name, will actually go back to the sentence to develop more teenage entrepreneurs. Hmm. So that the resources that grew me continue to grow for other teenagers. Hmm. And I think that, in a sense, is my biggest achievement. That I was able to, in a way, leave my legacy right. through empowering others like me. So it's, it's not just me, one person who becomes successful, but we develop many successful people. You've got lots of uh, people who are doing what they love, creating change. Uh, they can be millionaires if they want. Hmm. And through doing that, you make sure that 100% of these resources are actually available for 100% of the population. Hmm. And hopefully by, do, by me starting this, other teenagers do it as well. So that this continues to grow not just for us, but extends to our whole generation. Right. Uh, I've been very inspired speaking to you. Uh, all the best uh, with all your future undertakings. I've been speaking to Hasha Ravindran, uh, a very mature 18-year-old, talking about her book, The Makings of a Teenage Entrepreneur. You've been listening to Race a Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.